As the kids go back, man, I tell you, I hope I'm that powerful preaching, man. That was some, that was some good worship, right? And uh, thankful for it, amen. Nothing, um, you know, I, I, actually, I've, I've got a message prepared. I'm just kind of waiting for God to say that's the day about worship and, and how important it is to us. And, and man, when you really see people begin to let go, like Josie does up here in, in their worship and, and just feel free in our presence with God, that's when God's power really starts to move in our life, right? And, and Josie said it many times up here, you know, it, it can't just be a right here kind of thing. You know, you can't come to church on Sunday and feel good about yourself, you know, and, and, and live bad down through the week and, and let uh, the stuff of the world influence you and, and whatever. If we stay focused on God and we stay in that, that place and that sense of worship, that he brings to us, then, then we can live, right? Not just have experiences, but we can live in a state of worship. We can live in a state of knowing that God is king and, and, and he reigns over us. And, and because of that, whatever comes our way, whatever happens to us, he is supreme over that, amen? And that's a wonderful promises that we're given in life. And, and all, all, this is the place where we can, we can come and let that go, right? But, but we don't have to bottle it up all week either. We can, we can worship him and, and praise him. Hey, thankful for your prayers. Um, several of you uh, reached out to me while I was gone and, and sent me texts or whatever and said, hey man, praying for you. And yeah, I got caught in a snowstorm up there and had some really important business things going on that were really important to me and the company and, and whatnot. And I know um, you guys were praying and some of you followed up after that, Chris, and, and others, and, and I'm just so thankful, you know, because I, I love to achieve that, that goal of being one together, um, and, uh, you know, I've always pushed for that and strive for that, and while we, while we have our, uh, our different places to go and our different things to be, if we're constantly loving and praying for each other and, and lifting each other up, God is going to be glorified in that, and he'll dwell, he'll dwell in that setting, and so we're called to that place, where we are all one in like mind, supporting one another, encouraging one another, and lifting one another up. So we're, we appreciate that. Appreciate you all, all of the birthday um, wishes and, and everything else. We're just extremely appreciated. So I, d- I just want to take a second to say that this morning. I do, wanna, I do want us to think about kind of the, the, the situation that where we live and the circumstances of where we live. And, and, you know, I'm not talking about politics and I'm not talking about the world. Certainly those things all have their influences. But I, I'm talking about us. Where do I live? Where do I walk? How do I respond? How do I react to the stuff that's going on in this world? And now you've heard me say it many times. You, you have a right to, to your opinions. I would imagine probably the majority of us closely agree in, in here on most things, but, but some things we probably don't agree on, and that, that's okay. We each have the right to those opinions. A lot of good men out there who've given us that right, and we should honor that. Uh, so when I, when I say some of the things like what I'll say this morning, I, I'm not attacking your beliefs, but what I am wanting to attack, amen, and, and lovingly attack, is the choices and the decisions and the mindsets that we choose to live our lives by. When I grew up on my grandparents' farm, and uh, I, I think I've shared with you, my grandfather was a coal miner, and he worked four 16s, and then on the three days, he wasn't working the 16s, 
He was running a, a farm. I mean, we had hay fields, we had corn fields, we had normal garden, we had chickens, we had pigs, we had cows, we had horses, we, we had it all. And um, so there were a lot of weekends. I spent my weekend out there helping him getting things done and everything else. And a lot of Fridays of school I missed too because he needed that extra help on the third day and everything because he worked Monday through Thursday in the mines. So I spent a lot of time on that farm, and I love the farm, and, and actually, you know, I miss it. And as, as we've moved, and we're kind of more in the country now, and things come up and everything else, and I'll look at home, and I'll, like, I'll look at Sam, and I'll be like, man, that was like a letter from home. You know, because it brings back those memories, and it brings back those things of, of how I grew up, and the things that I went through and, and endured. But I was really bad about when I got everything done that I was told to get done, I would take off. When you work on a farm, you don't have a lot of friends because, you know, your friends don't like hard work, number one, so they don't want to come over. And, and number two, um, you know, you're busy. You've got a lot of things to do, so you're working hard and, and this and that and the other, so you're, you're not always out there engaged with your friends. Monday through Thursday was like my friend time because we'd ride bikes after school and play football and wiffle ball and all the things that we did in the neighborhood as kids and, and so forth. That was my friend time. Friday through Sunday, there just wasn't a whole lot of friend time. So when I got moments... My, my buddies on the farm was a horse named Sunshine and a collie named Deke. And so the three of us would get into a lot of trouble, right? His name was actually Deke. I saw some of you go like that. His name was actually Deacon. And uh, I don't know where my grandfather got the dog, but, but we called him Deke. And, uh, and man, they were my buddies, right? I could talk to them and they would respond just as if they're probably more human than some of you. Okay, some of you got that. Um, but... We were buddies, and man, if, if I got my work done, and I would work really hard, I'd do a good job, because trust me, if I didn't do a good job, I'd hear every job worth doing is worth doing well, right? My boys have heard that a thousand times, because I heard it probably 5,000 times from my family. Any job worth doing is worth doing well, and so forth. So I would do work really hard, I would do a good job, because I knew, I knew the repercussions if I didn't, and so forth. But when I had free time, man, I would take off. And my grandparents had, uh, well, they had like 120 acres, and then my uncle had 50 acres that, that piggybacked onto the back of their property. So, man, I roamed the ridges. I roamed the woods. I roamed everything. And I would always come back with scratches all over my legs and briars all over my pants or my shorts and, and you know, the little burrs that get in there and you can't get out and grandma doesn't notice them when you take your, your shorts or your jeans off and everything and throw them in the wash and now they're on everybody's clothes and, and everything else like that. And so forth. And I remember my grandmother would always say this to me. She would always say, don't walk in the weeds. She'd get laundry out, start folding it, and there'd be burrs in her towels. There'd be burrs in her underwear. Never good when you get burrs in grandma's underwear, right? And everything else. And she would always yell at me, don't walk in the weeds, Jay. And then she look at your legs. You got scratches all over them. They're bleeding. You're getting blood on the clothes. You're getting burrs in the clothes. All this and that and the other. If you would just, if you would just stay out of the weeds, right? Well, life is a lot like that for us, Right? We've been given a path to walk. We've been given good places to walk in our life. Some of that comes from our family. Some of that comes from the community. Some comes from the church, whatever that might be. We've all been given or at least shown a place where we should walk to where we stay out of the stuff that influences us and, and causes us problems or maybe just creates irritation for us or for others around us, right? 
And, and so life is a lot like my grandmother yelling at me and saying, Jay, don't walk in the weeds. Life is a lot like that. And in the book of Hosea, I want to read a few verses to you. The prophet Hosea is talking to us, uh, and he's actually ministering to, to the nation of Israel uh, according to his time with God. And it says this. It says, Israel... My wife for my birthday found my glasses, so I can actually see now. Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit, he being Israel, he bringeth forth fruit unto himself according to the multitude of his fruit. He hath increased the altars according to the goodness of his land. They have made goodly images. Okay, what Hosea is saying here is that Israel, by his hard work, by their hard work, by the things that they've done, by, by the prosperity that they've gained, Israel has grown. Israel has increased, right? But that doesn't always necessarily that Israel has increased according to God's intention or according to God's way. And Hosea goes on to say in verse 2, he says, but their heart is divided. Their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. He shall break down the altars. He shall spoil their images. For now they shall say, we have no king because we feared not the Lord. What then should a king do to us? They have spoken words, swearing falsely in the making of, uh, in the making of covenant. Thus judgment springeth up as a hemlock in the furrows of the field. Now, a hemlock is a weed. And, and it is a weed that will consume your garden if you don't control it, if you don't get rid of it and, and everything. And according to what you know, brief looking up and reading and studying I did on hemlock, it truly is something that will take over a garden and will kill flowers and will kill anything of vegetation. Right? It's a weed. Right? There's nothing pretty about it other than maybe the greenery. But beyond that, there really isn't a lot of worth to it, but it will snuff out the things that have worth. And so what Hosea is saying to the nation of Israel, and ultimately what God is saying to us through Hosea, is he's saying that there are things that we can bring into our life that will snuff out the good, that will snuff out the light, that will snuff out the promise that God has brought to us through his son Jesus Christ. And so we're in a place where, where we have to make decisions on what we're going to bring into our life, what we're going to listen to, what we're going to watch, what we're going to read, what we're going to consume, amen, into our bodies, into our heart and into our mind, amen, because those are what make us up. Those are what determines who we are. You've always heard it said, take a good look at your friends, because that's, that's how people see you. If your friends are this, good, chance are, good chances are you're this. Because you will begin to become what you spend the most time with. What you read the most will have the most influence on you. What you listen to the most will have the most impact on you. And, and all of these things matter in your life. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to gag at gnats and swallow camels. Amen? And, and I think sometimes when, when, when guys like me get up here and we preach messages like this, that, that's how it kind of comes across. Here's what I think we have, to, we have to rightly divide for our lives, amen, is we have to choose ultimately what Israel didn't choose. We have to choose, am I living for myself? Am I living for me? Am I living to please me? Am I living to honor me? Or am I living to honor God? 
right? We can all have the moments where we get it right. We can all have the moments where we pray the best prayer, we sing the best song, we preach the best message, we teach the best class, we say the right things to our kids, amen? And as kids, we can have those moments where we do and say the right things to our parents. We can all have moments. But those moments should become lifestyle. And they become lifestyle based upon how we live and where we choose to walk. Amen? And here's the reality for us. If we choose to walk in the weeds, if we choose to walk with the wrong friends, if we choose to walk in the wrong places, if we choose to surround ourselves by people who don't have a mind for God, it will impact and it will influence our heart and mind for God. And it will sway us. It will create burrs in our life that get into the rest of us. Amen? You know, the, the big argument today, I see a lot of people out there trying to justify how they live and try to justify their choices. And, and it got to me so much one, one point this week. I put a thing out and I'm like, look, if you're, if you're working so hard to justify the way you're living, the way you're living probably doesn't honor God. Whether it's right or wrong, whether you're going to go to heaven or hell because of those choices, that's not the issue. The issue is whether or not you're living in a way and making choices in a way that are going to honor God in your life. Because as once we come to the cross and once the blood of Jesus begins to move and work in our life, it cleans us, it cleanses us, and we become white as snow. But we don't necessarily have to stay that way. Now some people will argue, oh wait a minute, grace Jay. Listen, I believe in grace and I believe in the abundance of grace and I believe in the power of grace and I believe grace is, is abundantly sufficient to take us where God wants to go. The problem is a lot of us don't want to get in the car. Grace is able and grace will do what God promises it will do. Amen? But if we come to the altar and if we come to Jesus Christ and we turn around and five minutes later we're consuming the, the, the world like it's our flesh driving our life again, then it is our flesh driving the car and not Jesus. And I would suggest you come back to the altar. I would suggest that you find your way back to a place to where God cleanses you to where you no longer want the things of the world. Amen? And that's a process. Right? Some people get it day one. Right? When, when, when it happened for me, man, I, I went out and I poured the bottle out. I walked away from it. I had no inkling. I had no desire. And even to this day, smelling it turns my stomach. Amen? But it's because of the work God in me and it also has to do with the fact that I want to stay on that path. I want to stay on that path. I don't want to walk in the weeds anymore. I don't want to be surrounded by people who are introducing me and living lifestyles and being people that I don't want to be. I want to be someone that honors God in all that I do. So it influences my decisions, it influences my lifestyle, it influences where I live, it influences who I live with, it influ yes, it does, it influences who I live with, amen? Kids, if you're, if you're pursuing relationships in this life, pursue someone who honors God better than you. Pursue someone who is going to be a help in your pursuit of Jesus Christ, amen? And remember that you have the same responsibility to them. You have the same responsibility to them to live your life in a way that helps them pursue Him.
Amen? And when you start to live that way, when you start to think that way, when you start to walk that way, the power of God and his abundance will flourish in your life. His blessings and his favor will be beyond repair. Amen? Israel built a lot of things in the flesh. That just like that, according to the scriptures I read you in Hosea, just like that, God was able to take away. Why? Because they got in his way. They got in his way. And trust me, friend, anything that you put higher than God, he has the ability to take it away. He has the ability to remove it from you because he doesn't like that you're building, you're building on the flesh and you're building as a man and you're not building as a, as a spirit and as an entity of his. And so we're called to that place to where we seek him in truth and we seek him in righteousness. And he promises if we do that, then all of those things that we're worried about will be added to us. If we seek him in truth and we worship him in truth and in righteousness, he promises us favor. He promises us blessing. He promises power. He promises us the things that we worry ourselves about if we just pursue him. So if, if this was my grandmother at this point, she would use that knowledge to say, don't walk in the weeds. Don't walk in the weeds. It's not worth it. I don't care about a momentary time of pleasure. I don't care about a, a, a situational feel good. I don't care about how cool it makes you look with your buddies. Amen? And, and adults, that goes for us too. That wasn't just a teen jab, okay? That's a jab to us too because sometimes we care way too much what our friends think. Oh, you didn't hear me. Amen? Sometimes we care way too much what our friends think when it comes to our life and service of the king. Amen? And, it, and it's something that should drive us, drive us to better decision-making and drive us to, to a whole lot of, of godliness in our life. Jonah, Jonah was someone who walked with God. And, and he walked closely with God. And he was intimate with God. And God moved on his life. And God did a lot of great things in Jonah's life. And Jonah rose up powerful. He was powerful. Men were taken back at the power Jonah lived with. And the power Jonah consumed and, and the things that he could exercise in the power of God. Jonah walked in that and Jonah lived in that until God said, go to Nineveh. So here is a man of God who walked in his presence and who benefited from his favor and did powerful things in the name of Yahweh. But then God challenged him more than, than Jonah's flesh was really to take on, ready to take on. Jonah's flesh took a step back and was like, whoa, Nineveh, man, they... They killed the last prophet that went there, right? They, they did this, and they do this, and they live this way, and they, they live that way. I'm just going to walk over here in the weeds. I'm going to keep serving you, God, over here in the weeds. 
I'm going to keep doing your, your bidding, God, over here in the weeds. I'm going, to, I'm going to do what you want me to do, God, over here in the weeds. Your path is too much for me. Amen. God's path should be too much for us, children. It should challenge us. It should take us to new heights. It should push us to be something more than we are. Why? Because when God is going to walk into us and God is going to move into us, it is going to take us in spiritual places that are beyond the price of this world. He is going to take us to places that are beyond our comprehension and He's going to do things through us and in us that are beyond the carnal. And man, I want to walk with Him in the Spirit. I don't want to walk with Him in the carnal. I don't want to walk with Him one minute and be filled of His power and the next minute be so worldly that He turns His back on me. Man, I want to walk where He is. I want to receive what He has and I want to feel the power of God consume me in a way that doesn't just change me but it evolves and changes those around me and friend the only way you walk in that is to stay on the path to keep your eyes on him and to make his glory your goal when we make his glory our goal he'll add the things to us that need added oh you you know you need you need power for that you need to heal here. You need to do this. You need to pray. You need to do all that. Man, he'll just pour all of that on us. As long as we walk in a way that is righteous and a way that is true that he outlines for us. So we are called to that place. We are called to that path. We are called to that thing. But when it starts to seem too heavy for us, amen, that's when our flesh comes creeping up and we just start to wander over in the weeds a little bit. Amen. And what did I tell you about the weeds? You get burrs in the weeds, right? And grandma don't like it when you're in the weeds. Amen. Guess what? God don't like it either. God don't like it either when you're in the weeds. Here's what happened to Jonah <clears throat> in the belly of the well. Jonah in chapter 2 says this, And Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Now think about that. He's in a great big old Stinking, and it had to stink, honey. Uh, you ever been around a fish market? Amen. You ever been around out back at a fish market? Amen. It stinks, okay? It stinks, amen. Jonah is now in the belly of a well who doesn't do anything but eat what? Fish, okay? It had to be gross, man. I'm just saying. All right, Jonah in the belly of the well, he prays unto God. And he says this, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell, Jonah describing his circumstances, okay? I mean, it, it had to just suck in the well's belly, okay? He calls it hell. Out of the belly of hell, I cried, and thou heardest my voice, for they, thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. And thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward the holy temple. Let me tell you what the weeds do, friend. The weeds take you away from God. Right? Jonah just told us right there. He was powerful. He did great things. God moved in his life. He had all the favor that he wanted until God's challenge became bigger than what he thought he was capable of. And so he strayed. Right? You say, well, now, wait a minute. He had good intention. How many of you have good intention when you stray? That's what I thought. 
your, your, your silence says a lot, right? We all have good intentions when we stray. We can all be that lawyer in a courtroom before God. Well, now, God, you know my heart. Huh? Y'all know where I stand on that, right? Nine times out of ten when you hear someone saying, you know my heart, it's as evil. It's as fleshly. It's as self-fulfilling as it comes. Amen? Because a heart turned towards God, a heart turns towards God, a heart feeding off of the spirit of the high holy doesn't need to reason with God. It doesn't need to convince Him because God sees where it is in its place of purity and its place of redemption and God moves upon it according to the heavens, according to His purpose and according to His will, friend. We need to quit trying to play lawyer with God and we need to start walking into the gates of His presence and allow His holiness to fill our lives. Amen? And I promise you power will follow that. I promise you favor will follow that. I promise you things will take place in your life that you didn't see coming. Amen? Man, I'll tell you what, as a a 20-year-old preacher, I was way over my head. And you're going to ask my wife. I mean, I spent the majority of the early parts of our marriage locked in a room. Well, not locked, but you get the idea. In a room reading, studying, and, and pouring myself into the things that God had because I'm thinking, man, I am way over my head here. And I've got to prepare. I've got to be ready. I, I've got, I, don't, I don't want to fall short. Amen? And God took that and, and he honored that and he, and he, and he blessed that. And, and because of it, things would happen in the middle of services. I mean, I've told you stories about drunks coming into the middle of a revival service and, and coming to the altar and reek of puke and pee and, and, and everything else and alcohol and, and whatever. And in the middle of praying over them, the smell leaves, let alone the drunkenness. Do you hear me? Not just, come, in drunk, come into church drunk as a skunk. Not only were they sober and in their right mind after falling at an altar of prayer, but they no longer stunk. Got witnesses. I got witnesses. Amen. This isn't anything that Jay could do. I don't have that power. Amen. I might be able to, you know, spray a whole bunch of Lysol or something, which is kind of in the middle of my prayer what I thought someone had done. Amen. But beyond something like that, I don't have the spiritual capacity to make something like that happen. But I am offered a path to walk in from the one who does. Glory. Huh? I have a path presented to me that I can walk in from a man who has that power. From a God who is able to not only heal the drunkard, but wash his clothes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's, what, that's where, where Jonah is. Jonah was in that place to where he began to see what God wanted him to do through his own eyes. He began to look at what God wanted him to do through his own abilities. And he found himself short. And friend, if we all do that, we're all going to find ourselves short. Right? My, my wife will tell you, I'm a, I'm a, you know, put it on paper, jot it down. If it lines up, great. If it doesn't line up, then, then this. I am a very, you know, uh, logical, 
over-logical person a lot of times. And there have been a lot of times in our lives where on paper it didn't add up. But I knew God was saying, do this. I knew God was saying, go here, do that, and, and everything else. And there were a lot of times that like Jonah, I had to say, no, God, it's too big. It's too big. It's not within my capabilities. And so I make the wrong decision. And not only did I suffer, but my family suffered. And we ended up in a wrong place. We ended up in a bad place. We ended up with debt issues, or we ended up with, with this issue, or that issue, or whatever. Sometimes we ended up just in condemnation so bad that by a matter of two days, we're both screaming at each other like, let's make another choice. And then there have been those times when I see what God is asking and I see how big and I see how immense it is. And instead of looking at it through me, looking at it through my eyes, looking at it through my capabilities, I like look at it through God's power. I look at it through God's love. I look at it through God's abilities. And I fall on my face before him and say, God, what you're asking me to do is so much bigger than me. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk the path you've given. I'm going to stay out of the weeds and I'm going to walk the path you've given. I'm going to choose to live the way you have instructed me to live. I'm going to do the things you've instructed me to do. I'm going to be where you want me to be because that's where you're leading me. And the things that are bigger than me, I'm expecting you to handle. I'm expecting you to give the grace or the power or the favor to do it. And you know what? When you approach God like that and you choose to live for Him in spite of the circumstances and the opposition, He always comes through. Might not be the way you thought, right? Might not be the way you thought. Might not be the way I thought, but He comes through. Amen? One of those, one of those times was, was when we, we had Luke. And our goal was, our goal was to, to be married for two years, right? And, and have some things in place to where she could quit work. And, and be at home with Luke. And um, through, through all of our efforts to keep it from happening, she ended up pregnant three months into being married. Well, now the paper was just all messed up, right? Everything just, it just didn't add up anymore the way it was supposed to, and nothing worked out right. So you're just going to have to go back to work. You know, when, when the period's over, there's nothing we can do. And we had good babysitting situations, people in the church and, and friends and family and whatnot. And so, we're, so that wasn't an issue, but it just wasn't where we wanted to be. It wasn't our plan, right? And, and we didn't like it because it wasn't our plan. It wasn't the way we thought it would work. Amen? And so I, I remember when we were like the weekend before it was time for her to go back to work and we'd put it on paper again and again and again. Finally, I was like, you know what? We're going to sit down Sunday after church and we're going to put it all on paper and we're going to figure it all out. And if it lines up, if God gives us a way for it to line up, then you can quit. Work a notice, quit, and, and we're done. We put it all on paper and it didn't line up. It didn't line up. And I said, no. I don't, know, I don't know what else we were going to do. And the biggest difference was she worked at the hospital and had really good hospital insurance. And, and if I put the family on my hospital or on my insurance at, at work, man, it was really just going to really blow up the budget, right? And, and it just didn't line up. And so we decided. So she went to work. We went to work. And, man, the whole drive to work that day, man, I never felt so much disappointment from God ever and 
all day at work. She called me at lunch, and she would always call me on her lunch. And she called me and everything, and she said, um, not that I want to get into it, but are you, are you feeling anything about all of this? And I said, yes, I feel so convicted. She's like, me too. She goes, I really feel like a spanked little kid. And I'm like, me too, and everything else. And it just kind of hit me. Well, that's not God's plan. I said, go quit. Go turn your notice in. She's like, what? I said, go turn your notice in. Let me know when you're done. Are you serious? Yes, do it. So she did. She wouldn't turn her notice in. Calls me, tells me it's done. All right, we'll just trust God. Literally, I hang up that trust God. I say that trust God coming. Okay, love you too, bye. Click. My boss comes to my office door and says, Jay, can we see you in our office for a minute? I'm like, great. Perfect, right? Like, yeah, I'll be right there. So I get up, walk into their office, sit down. Some of you have probably heard this. Walk in their office, sit down. Long story short, they look at me and everything else and say, you know, you've been with us this long, this, this, and that, and the other. We're going to give you a raise, plus we're going to pick up your insurance. See, I didn't have the ability to make that happen. I didn't have the ability to line that up. My bosses knew nothing about what we were talking about. But God knew all about it. God told me he had a job for us to do and he had things for us to do and he had places for us to be. And I started to wander off over here in the weeds where you get burrs. Right? But when I chose to walk the path, when I chose to walk where God said to walk, he already had it figured out. I just had to hold his hand and trust him. All right? Now listen, all of that that I told you comes with a lot of prayer and fasting. So don't anybody walk out this door and quit your job. Okay? That's not the point of this message. And if that's what you're taking out of this, you're, you're missing the point. What I am telling you to do is I'm telling you to pursue God's plan for your life. Pursue his plan for your life and expect things to look bigger than what you're capable of doing, right? Because God's not asking you to do what you can do. Listen, God's not asking you to do what you can do. God's asking you to do what he can do through you, right? And that doesn't happen in the weeds, Right? In the weeds, you get burrs. In the weeds, you get drawn away. In the weeds, you get consumed. Why? Because God is not the focus in the weeds. The past isn't the focus in the weeds. The weeds are the weeds. It's consuming what walks through it. It's scratching legs and it's putting burrs in the laundry. Amen? Why? Because God's not present in the weeds. Amen? And that's what Jonah is saying to us here in chapter 2. Jonah is saying that I am coming to you from the belly of hell because I choose to walk into the weeds and it has consumed me. Listen to his cry. He said, And thou heardest my voice, for thou hast had me cast into the deep, in the midst of the sea, and the floods compassed about me. Can you imagine the water, and can you imagine the things in that well's belly that he had to deal with and endure, and how many times, over and over again, he thought his life was over because of the misery and the pain that he endured in that place. 
He says, all of thy billows and those waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. He felt like he was removed. And listen, when you choose to walk in the weeds, when you choose to walk with people who lead you into the weeds, friend, the, the only goal to that is to take you out of the presence of God. There is no other goal. When you sit under people who are not anointed of God and who lead you in the ways of the world rather than the ways of God, the only goal to that is to remove you from God. It is the only goal. And they might talk a good talk, but friend, listen, all around us people are walking in the weeds. People are living in the weeds. And they're even trying to do it in Jesus' name. And all that is going to do is split hell wide open. And friend, I am encouraging you to come back to the way that is right and the way that is true and to walk with the one who doesn't walk to the beat of this world. He's not concerned with carnality. He's not interested in fleshliness. He's not concerned with whether I can do this and go to heaven or whether I can go to this and go to heaven. He's not concerned with that pettiness. What he's concerned about is his power and his favor over you and the fact that he is willing to move in you in ways you can't comprehend. If you just choose to trust him and walk with him and be what he calls you to be. He says, Jonah says this, Then said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. So many times as a boy, I'd get excited. I'd be playing with the dog or riding the horse or whatever, and I'd see something, I'd jump off, and maybe there was a log I wanted to walk on, or maybe there was you know, walnuts I wanted to pick up and pretend I was Babe Ruth hitting home runs or, or Johnny Bench or whatever, and, and all of this and that and the other. And before you knew it, I found myself in the weeds. And I'm thinking, oh no, briars, burrs, oh no, scratches, grandma's going to know I'm in the weeds, right? And sometimes in life, we find ourselves there. Sometimes in life, we find ourselves in the weeds and we find that the waters have compassed us about and we find that we can't hide where we've been. We can't hide what we've done and we are there and, and, and we're in a point of hell. We're in a point of, of chaos. We're in a point of, uh, of all of these things that are just simply consuming us. Jonah goes on to say, The waters compassed me about even to my soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. Listen. If people can change your thinking, and if they can change your thinking even about the ordinances of God, then they're not agents of God. You say, man, that's a pretty bold statement, Jay. I'm not, I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking in the context of Scripture. In the context of Scripture, amen, Jonah is saying to us the things that influence us and move us away from God. These are weeds. And what do weeds do? They consume what's around them. They stomp out the flowers. They stomp out the promise. They stomp out the hope. And there are weeds in your life that we can choose to walk in, that we can choose to get off the path, and we can choose to be around, and we can justify it a thousand different ways from Sunday. But in reality, all it's doing is leading us further and further away from the truth of what God has for our life. Amen? Jonah sees that from the belly of hell. Man, maybe I should have titled the message that today. From the belly of hell, right? Jonah says to us, the weeds consumed my mind. 
They wrapped around my head. They wrapped around my mind. They caused me to focus on bad things. They caused me to think about bad things. They caused me to want bad things. The weeds captivated and changed who I was. To the point that he was lying to the people in the boat and he was, he was lying to this and this mighty man of God because of a little bit of fear was moved out into the waves was moved out into the depths of the sea and into the belly of a well because of a little bit of fear. Amen. And sometimes, whether it's fear, whether it's fleshliness, whether it's just heart's desire kind of garbage, and, and this and that and the other, we choose things so far beneath what God wants. And we find ourselves in the weeds. And nothing good comes out of the weeds. Amen, we've already covered that. Nothing good comes out of the weeds. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us, what is thine occupation, whence comest thou? What is thy country, and what people art thou? Amen. These are, these are the sellers asking Jonah, dude, man, you've messed us all up. And friend, I want you to take a good look at the people around you. I want you to take a good look at your friends. Amen. Are you representing Jesus the right way to them? Are you bringing them to a place of God's power and God's ordinance over your life? Amen. Next week is Friend Sunday, and I convince you, if you want to see your friends, if you want to see your friends under the favor and power of God, invite them to be here. Encourage them to come. Not because of me, not because of the name over the door, but because Jesus matters. Jesus matters. Amen. And, and the only thing you're doing walking around in the weeds with them is letting them get burrs and getting burrs yourself. Amen. And there's no benefit, there's no hope, there's no promise from any of that, right? Make better choices. <clears throat> Jonah says in verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains of the earth with the bars that were about me forever. Yet hast thou brought my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Everything that I, I just shared with you in preaching is what Jonah just said here. I've allowed this to bring me here. I've allowed that to bring me here. I've allowed people to influence me this way. I have been drawn. I have been drawn so far away to a place of, of misery and to a place of pain and to a place without hope. So I will look back to the holy temple. It's Jonah's words, not mine. Those are Jonah's words, not mine. I will look back to the holy temple. As Christians, what should our life's pursuit be? Anybody? Heaven? Yeah, heaven. But how, how do we get to heaven? Jesus, right? Any other ways, a thief and a robber. Amen? If you, if you want to pursue heaven, you've got to pursue Jesus, right? Jesus. Our pursuit should be Jesus. We should live like him. We should walk like him. We should talk like him. Amen? We should be so focused on who he is and what he did. Amen? And we will, we will, lead, we will justify a million different ways. 
who Jesus is and what Jesus did and this and that and the other. Friend, plain and simple, what he did matters. Study what he did. Don't, don't philosophize on, on what he might have done or what this really meant or whatever. Look at what he did. What he did is what matters. What he did is what he presented to me and what he presented to you of how we should live and how we should think and how we should allow our lives to be driven. Everything else is added fodder. It's added fodder. It's kindling at best. Look at who Jesus presented himself to be to us because that's our holy temple. That's our holy temple. That is the place we are called to be. If you want to avoid the weeds, look at Jesus. If you want to avoid a life that just destruction after destruction and, and, and chaos after chaos and problem after problem and everything else, you want to avoid that, look at Jesus and begin to follow him. Amen? Well, I won't, I, 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 nobody's perfect, Jay. Nope, nope, except him. So who are you following? If you're following this one, amen, guess what? They're not perfect, and if, you're, and if you're letting them be your example, then you're not going to be perfect just as they're not perfect. Amen? You see, Jesus said this to us in his Sermon on the Mount. These are the words of Jesus, not Jay. He said, be ye perfect. As your Father which is in heaven is also perfect. My feeling, my opinion, based on my studies, based on my times in Scripture, okay? I don't think we will go, I don't think we will go through a judgment that determines our heaven or hell because of our claim to what Jesus did on the cross. But I do believe in a white throne of judgment. I do believe that we will be looked at and observed on our pursuit of holiness. Amen? Because of the words of Jesus who says, be ye perfect. I believe we will be judged in that way. I believe we will be looked at in that way. And I believe our efforts towards living the life he wanted will matter in that day. Amen? It might not matter about salvation. It might not matter about heaven and hell. But it will matter to, to a number of things. Call it the crown on our jewels or whatever. It will, it will matter to a whole lot of things. And it will matter to God. And I believe we will answer to our pursuit of holiness, to the, to the mindset by which we live. Do we live by a mindset that has an appearance of goodness, has an appearance of holiness, or are we really living a life that's just collecting burrs? Amen, because we're not walking in the passion of what Jesus Christ has to us, okay? Now, I'm not trying to beat anybody up. And, and y'all sitting out there going, well, you're doing a pretty good job. No, that's, that's not the intention here. But the intention for us is to look at the path. Right? That's where I want you to focus. Right? I'm, I've illustrated the weeds because I want you to understand the danger of the weeds. Okay? It wasn't to beat you up, but it was so that you understand the danger of the weeds and the danger of the decisions that, that people in this life lead you to without the power and authority of, of the Spirit of God. Amen? I want you to understand that danger, and it's my job to present that to you. So that's what I've done. Past that, the most important part of this message, the take-home to this message is, look at the path. Jonah in the belly of hell realized where he needed to get back to. And it was the holy temple. As a church, we've, we, we've played so many different games with God and even in the name of Jesus. 
And, and we, as a church, I'm not talking about any name over the door. I'm just talking as the church, some are so far away from what God intended. Sounds good, looks good. Amen. But there is no meat and there's no substance in, in what's being delivered. Jonah from the belly of hell said, I got to get back to the holy temple. Amen. And friend, all of us, me, every day, every day, all right, this is me, this isn't you. Every day, I have, I have to focus on the holy temple. Every day, I've got to come to Jesus Christ and I've got to say, that's what I want to be. That's how I want to think. That's the way I want to act. That's how I want to respond. That's how I want to love. That's how I want to live. That's how I want to treat my wife. That's how I want to treat strangers. That's how I want to help the poor. That's how I want to do everything is the way he did it. Every day, I've got to bring myself back to the holy temple that is Jesus Christ and realize that any other way is just putting me in the weeds. Any other way is just putting me in the weeds. And so my, my desires and my goals and everything have to be centered on who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Amen? I don't care about what would Jesus do. Amen? Because that's philosophy. I care about what Jesus did. Because that. That is what he calls me to. That is the holy temple that I've been given to align my life to. It's Jesus Christ. That's how I want to talk. That's how I want to walk. That's how I want to think. That's how I want to live my life. And everything else, everything else, he tells me if I pursue that, if I seek that, if I live my life that way, he promises me. Now, this isn't a passerby promising me. This is God Almighty through Jesus Christ promising me that everything else will be added to me. The favor I need will be added to me. Chris, Chris and I were texting. Do you care if I share? Chris, Chris reached out to me on my trip, asked me how things were going and this and that and the other, and we, we spent some time texting back and forth and talking and everything else, and he said, um, well, you say this trip's important. How can I pray for you? Man, what a blessing. Huh? I'm sitting there putting this PowerPoint together. I'm worried about everything being spelled right and looking just right and making sure, okay, did I cover this point? Did I cover this point? Everything else. And I'm like really wanting to make sure it's perfect and stellar because it is an important presentation everything else. Out of the blue, my buddy texts me and says, how can I pray? I'm like, man, pray for God's favor. He's like, did it. Man, the next day, how'd it go? He just wanted a token. Eh, yeah, okay, I'll pray, Jay. Cool, buddy. You know? It wasn't just one of those. No, the next day, how'd it go? He was invested. That's what, it, that's what it spoke to me. He was invested in me. He was invested in what he wanted God to do in my life. He was invested into it. How'd it go? What happened? Where, where, where does it go now? And amen, and because of the snowstorm, it was a little goofy. And this and that and the other. And I said, well, I presented to these and this and that and the other. I said, where does it go now? He wasn't just going to quit. Amen. He wanted to know what the next step was so he could pray for that. Amen. When I, when I focus on the things that God wants me to do, He will surround me with people. He will put angels in the path. He will put the power of God in my presence, friend. He will surround me with those invested into what He wants to see accomplished. Amen? And that's what we miss. We miss His power. We miss the multitudes at His disposal. We miss the ability that He has to move and bless our lives with. Because 
you know, we're, we're nervous or we're scared or, 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 you know, we don't want to make the time commitment or, or you know, we, we just don't want to make the extra effort or, or because, you know, all my buddies will laugh at me and everything else. Friend, if you're worried about people laughing at you, then those people control you. You with me? If we're worried about what someone's going to say, if we choose to live our life for Jesus or the jokes they're going to tell or whatever, thing like that, God doesn't control you. Those people control you. Amen. And you need to make a better decision. You need to make a better choice. Amen. Because those people have no power except to be given them. Amen. That's what Jesus said in the face of his accusers. In the face of his accusers, Jesus told him, he said, you have no power unless it be given to you. Amen. This is a guy so focused on the holy temple. Okay? This is Jesus Christ so focused on the holy temple, so focused on the power of God unto salvation in his life. This is a guy so focused on the mission that even in the midst of his accusers, even in the midst of those who were going to take his life, he said to them, the only power you have is what God chooses to give you for his glory. And for his kingdom. Man, I don't know about you, but, but I, I want to stand shoulder to shoulder with somebody. I kind of want to stand shoulder to shoulder with that guy. Right? I want to stand shoulder to shoulder with the guy that trusts in God's power over the power of his accusers. Amen. And we, and we do know how that story turned out, right? He defeated death, hell, and the grave in one swift blow. Amen. Defeated it. Amen? Not just a momentary thing. Once and for all, Paul tells us in Corinthians. Once and for all, he defeated it. So friend, you understand the weeds, right? Anybody understand the analogy of the weeds? Anybody under, everybody understand what happens when we get away from the holiness of, of God's temple and the direction that he gives for our life? Amen? It, none of it ends good. None of it ends good, and it might slow and steady, but it will eventually consume you. What God promises, though, is favor. What he promises is power. What he promises is love that passes all understanding. Amen. And at the end of the day, the same grandmother that yelled at me for getting burrs in her underwear is the same grandmother that sat me down on her, on her lap or beside her on the couch at night and, and took a wash rag and washed the scratches on my legs, cleaned the blood up from them, put alcohol on them, and blew it when it stung because she loved me. And friend, if you're here and you've been walking in the weeds, and just like my grandma, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And he wants to, he wants to sit you down beside of him and he wants to clean you up he wants to wash you off and he wants to bring healing to your situation and to your life. And he wants to restore you to where you can do great things in him. So friend, this morning I point you back to that holy temple, which is Jesus Christ. I don't point you to me. I don't point you to the pulse. I don't point you to the things that, that can and will fail you. But I point you to the one who came and defeated all your adversaries in one swift blow and every day stands at the right hand of God defending you defending you because you have an advocate with the Father 
you do have a lawyer and it's not, it's, it's not some preacher or some philosophy or, or some something down here that tells you it's okay when it's not. The Bible predicts those, day will come, those days will come. Amen? Your advocate with the Father, your lawyer for your life is the guy standing on the right hand of God calling out your name to the Almighty. That is the holy temple. And that is the one who promises everything you need to be added to you to live this life the way he called you to live it. So friend, this morning, if you're walking in the weeds, it's time, it's time to change your path. If you're walking in the weeds, it's time to make better decisions. If you're, if you're doing 90%, it's time, it's time to do 91 or 92%. Amen. With the goal and the direction of, of getting to 100 Amen? And the way you do that is submission. You submit to Jesus and his will and plan for your life. That is his call. That is his, that is his way of doing things. Come to him. Confess your sins. Confess the weeds. Amen? Be honest with him. Amen? There are some times that I, I've got to go to him and I just say, man, I, I'm, just, I'm in a funk, Lord. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm having bad thoughts. And, and I don't want it to turn into anger. I don't want it to turn into judgment. I don't want it to turn into all of these things. Amen. So, so deal with me. I'm confessing, I'm confessing this for you because I don't want it to go any further. I want you to deal with it right now. I want you to work hope and peace and love in me right now. Amen. I pray that prayer. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Man, there are times in my life where I'm not getting it right. And I don't want it. I don't want it to, to consume me like the weeds do. So I, I cut it off right then. And I go to him right then. And I say, here's where I'm at, Lord. You know it, but I'm going to confess it to you. Here's where I'm at. So you deal with it. You work in me. Send me the right person. Send me the right thing. Give me the right scripture. Do the thing I need right now to fix this because I don't want it to go any further. That's what I'm asking you to do this morning. That's what I'm asking you to do this morning. Wherever you're at, whatever, whatever weeds you're walking through right now, I'm asking you to bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him and say, Jesus, I don't want this to go any further. I want it to stop. Right here, right now. I want it to stop. So as we stand and we sing, I want you to take a good look at yourself. Don't look at anybody else. Amen. The worst thing you can do at this point of a service is sit there and go, well, so-and-so really needed to hear this. Well, hey, is, is so-and-so listening? Amen. No, 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 no. You focus on you right now. And you, you answer the question. You answer the question, am I walking in the weeds? Am I walking in the weeds? Are you walking in the weeds? Amen. It's time to come back to the holy temple. It's time to come back to that place where only Jesus can make the change and the difference that you need made. Make that next step. Cut it off today and say, I'm making a change right here, right now, as they sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory, glory divine. Heir of salvation, glorious in love. And goodness, 
my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. 